choosing your friends. Anybody have friends? You always admit who your friends are? Maybe most of the time, hopefully. It's a serious matter, right? Choosing who your friends are. Uh, We've heard that growing up. We didn't believe it for a while. And then maybe as we've gotten older, we've started to realize, yeah, it kind of matters. And then maybe we've forgotten. And maybe we're hanging out with people that we wonder, are they our friends? The people you spend your time around, they have an effect on you. They do. And you, hopefully, have an effect on them. So if you spend time with people who love to laugh, you're probably laughing a lot, yes? And if you're around people who love to complain, you probably complain a lot. And if you're around people who are devoted to their work, chances are you follow suit. If you're around people who are devoted to God, chances are they encourage you, right? It's pretty, pretty easy. Who your friends are matters. And the older we get, the more we know it to be true. Jesus instructs the disciples shortly before his death, and he says, no greater love than this, to lay down your life for your friends. And he's not talking about physical life here. He's talking about the inner self, the things inside of you that make you you, the things you want, the things you desire, the selfish part of you that we don't always show everybody, the part of you who makes decisions in life, who encounters that voice that tells you what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing and that part of you that wrestles with it, or maybe the part of you that knows the world isn't quite how it's meant to be. We all have that part of us. How do we know that? It's like an internal compass. It's a gift, right? We call it the Spirit, and the Spirit teaches us. And Jesus says, when you lay aside yourself, what you want, for the sake of others. It's loving them. Easier said than done. Maybe easy for our friends. But who are we called to be friends with? The word for love and friend is so close in the Greek language, it's interchangeable. So no greater friendship than this, than those who lay aside themselves for those that they love. And who do we love? God's children. That's everybody. Unless you weren't created, unless you weren't born, then maybe, maybe we can have a conversation. Um, it's going to be a scary one, but uh, we can. No greater friendship than this. He says, you are my friends. If you do what I tell you, if you do my commandments, then you're my friends. You're no longer slaves to me, but friends. Jesus chose the disciples. And Jesus chooses us. We didn't receive that voice, that internal compass, that sense of love because we did something. We received the voice because God did something through Jesus. Amen? We've been made friends with Jesus. God acted out of this love uh, just to bring us into that friendship, into relationship. It's, it's pretty simple. Although it's kind of hard to accept sometimes, right? We can say it, but do we truly accept the good news? Before we even knew who God was, before we recognized the Spirit's work in our lives, and before we knew the truth of Jesus Christ, God loved us. Do you accept this good news? 
Then God sent Jesus to us. Do you accept this good news? And then God gave us the Holy Spirit. Do you accept this good news? I don't think we spend enough time thinking on this enough. Before we ever knew anything, God loved us more than everything. I was talking to the confirmands last night, and I, I asked them to think, how many times did your mom change your diaper? You know, if you could even count it, how many, and I'll invite you. How many times did your mother change your diaper, or a grandmother, or whoever it was that changed your diaper? How many do you think it was? In the thousands? That's some love right there, yeah? <laughs> and you didn't even know it. And it maybe took you a long time before you truly wrapped your head around it, because when you're growing up, you start to think of mom and dad as the ones, they're your hero, they take care of you, and then all of a sudden you know more than them, right? And they're just trying to ruin your life and make you stay home instead of being out late all night, and it's no fun. And then you leave the house, and then you look back and go, man, I had it pretty good, and I didn't even know it. They fed me, they paid bills, they took care of me, and I didn't do anything to earn it. They just gave it to me. That's the love we have from God. 100% a gift. We cannot earn it. We're not asked to earn it. So when you do find friends in your lives, those who laugh or complain or work hard, there's a give-take relationship, right? You give to each other, and then when you need something, they'll be there for you. Um, I guess you don't, you don't give to your friends and then demand something back, do you? I hope not. There are those friendships out there. They don't give to you and then demand something back from you, do they? I hope not. That's not really how friendship works, is it? True friends? So perhaps it feels like a friendship isn't a burden at all, is it? It's the opposite. It uplifts you. It's wonderful. You couldn't really be the same without it. So maybe give-take's not the right word. Maybe it's a, it's a give-give. I give, and they give, and we just give pretty good. It's a, it's a mutual. The same goes for God. If you give to God because you feel it's demanded of you, that sounds more like a slave-master relationship. If you just do what God says begrudgingly, is that a friendship with God? Maybe sometimes you know you just kind of got to gut through stuff, but I'm asking if you do any of it, all of it, because you, you, you have to. Is that a friendship? And you might wonder why you feel that your relationship with God is more of a slave master than a friendship. And that Jesus makes it clear that he laid down his life for us. And it's not, a, it's not an action of a demanding relationship, is it? That Christ came and gave his life thousands of years before we were even born. And he did it for us. That's the relationship that's worth being a part of. That's a friendship. So maybe you just need to see it through the lens of Christ to see the relationship with God, what God did for you. And if you're still in fear of God, fear beyond reverence, then maybe your love has not matured yet, but don't worry, it will. It will. Don't be discouraged. When we understand the grace, the gift of God's giving in Jesus Christ, we become gracious become thankful, yes? And the word thankful is where we get our word Eucharist when we're going to have communion later. It's giving thanks, the great thanksgiving for the gift. 
And a healthy friendship with God leaves us down a path of gratitude where we live in gratitude with one another, where we lay down our lives for other people, even before they know about God, where we lay down our lives for others before we, they even realize what it is we're doing for them, where we lay down our lives for each other because that's what we do, because God laid down Jesus for us, because that's what God does. Why would we do it any differently? It's a wonderful grace. And when we set aside our own desires, we set aside ourself and simply give to everyone as if they were a friend. We give out of this endless depth, don't we, of love? Can you run out of love? Can you run out of giving of yourself? Or do we believe in a God who tells us your cup overflows? We take of the cup again and again and again, and it never runs out because that's the message. As Christians, we are called to lay down our lives for others, to set ourselves aside and to go and live in gratitude for those who we think may not even deserve it. Did we? So what's stopping us? We don't do this because we're demanded to. We do it because we understand the ultimate way in which God loved us. Jesus reveals the truth of God's love and His death on the cross for His friends, for us. Who are your friends? Think about your life. Who are your friends? Who's your community? What kind of lives do they live? Are they changing you? Or are you changing them? We are called to live missional. It's the district term you don't know, in the Indiana Conference. Not to be missionaries, but to be missional. Missionary means I go somewhere different, right? Being missional means I go different somewhere. That we go where we go, but we go there different than we were. So where are you going? Who is already there? And where can you go and be different, to be missional, to lead them into a life of friendship with God, into a life of mutual give-give of friend-friend Jesus Christ? And if you can find that, if you can do that, if you can make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, the fruit will be endless and your cup will never empty. As we prepare for communion with our litany of affirmation, I ask for you to spend some time considering your friendships that you're investing time in, you're investing energy in, investing money in. Consider if they are bearing the fruits of a give-give relationship. Consider what ways God might be asking you to lay down yourself for your friends. in the same love that Jesus laid down himself for us. Then we will come to Christ's table, to the banquet of our friend, our host, Jesus Christ, to receive the memory of the cup that never runs out, to take of the flesh and to accept the call and to go live a life in his love for others. Mm -hmm.